Today we welcome one of my dearest friends, Dalvet Quince. If his name sounds familiar, it's because he was one of the trainers on The Biggest Loser for six years. Dalvet is one of the most balanced people I know. He's aligned in a physical, emotional, and spiritual way. In this episode, we discuss his approach to living his best life. We also talk about business, networking, and why he never wants to be the smartest person in the room. He also talks about meeting Barack Obama. It's a great story and his relationship with his son. And don't worry, I also asked him what really happens behind the scenes on The Biggest Loser. This episode is equal parts inspiration and fun. Enjoy this episode with Dalvet. Guess who we have on the show today? In Habits and Hustle, we have no other than Dalvet Quince, who's of course one of my very close friends, but also known as the Biggest Loser trainer, but much, much, much much more. Thank you for coming, Dalvet. Thank you for having me. You know what? I just qualified for four muches. Much, 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 much more. You deserve more. That was five, actually. Well, I figure with, with time being on, not on our side sometimes, right. I wanted to kind of keep it short. I can go much times a thousand, actually. Thank you. You're welcome. And actually, this is interesting because I was telling Dalvet, and this is the truth, Dalvet's obviously known as a tra- you know, the biggest loser trainer, but you are so much more than that. And I actually think that's not even what you excel at the most. I always say, like, you have this ability to touch people and really inspire and motivate people like nobody else I've ever seen. And I don't, I don't know what that's called. Like, what, like, what is that? Like, have you always, what is that quality called? If I were to label what you described, yes. I just call it, and I hate labeling a thing, but it's just a gift. I think everyone has gifts, right? Everyone's right. blessed with whether you're an artist or a pianist or um, a speaker, I think some people just have innate gifts that were given to them that make them feel most comfortable, which in turn make other and resonates with other people. So if that's my gift, thank you. So that is your gift. Like that's my, my next question was, what is that? What is your superpower in a way? And that really is your superpower because why you were good on The Biggest Loser is not because you told someone to do 20 squats or six push-ups. Right. It's because whatever that that thing was, it resonated so deeply with people on the show and of course off the show. And me seeing firsthand when we're together doing something and where I'm upset about something, you're able to like get right in there so well and kind of make kind of tell show people or explain something to someone in a perspective that they may have not thought of that kind of gives them hope and light in an area. Well, I'm always looking for personal clarity, right? Because I think we all go through this world with clouds in our head or numb or, or some form of film, if you will. And oftentimes when you have that over your mind, over your eyes in a lot of ways, you don't know how to get rid of it because that's the, that's the lens you look through. So I'm not, a, I'm not exempt of that. So I always look for ways for my own personal clarity. And I think people who have the most clarity are the most self-aware. I think people that have the most clarity are the most aligned. They are both powerful and forgiving, right? Meaning that they're aware of their strengths, but they're also forgiving of their weaknesses. I think if you can be that person and work on being that person consistently, a little bit daily at a time, or a lot, depending on your, what you can take in and push out, you're going to find that you're the best version of yourself all the time. So how is it like being from a show like that? You're right. on for how many seasons? Like 10? Yeah. Well, I was actually on for seven seasons. Seven seasons. Okay. So seven seasons. And then, you know, I'm going to ask you about The Biggest Loser because I know people are going to want, you know, want to know about that. But really, I, I, what I wanted to really get into more is leaving the show or not being, not, the show's no longer on and then like moving on and progressing in your career it like how has it been? Is it hard to kind of be seen in a different space with this? Because you know people get pigeonholed, right? They see you as a personal trainer on the show and fitness, fitness, fitness. How do you break away from that into like a different area where you're clearly so good in other areas? I think no one is going to know anything about you unless you show them, mm-hmm. right? And so I have to continue just to show other facets of my 
intellect, persona, being, whatever it is, and just show. And I think the more I show, people will have those moments of, oh, I didn't know you did this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to think I showed that on the, one of the biggest platforms being NBC, that people could actually see um, that it was more than muscle. It was also heart. It was also connection um, and caring. Mm-hmm. Like I genuinely care about people I'm working with. Mm-hmm. Or working for, or whatever the category you want to put it in, my my I, I lead with love. Right? That's what you're saying. Heart. That's what it is. It's it's not. That's what you you lead with heart and care, and you can tell that you actually genuinely care. Absolutely. And I think that makes a big big difference. So then, what what are you doing now? Like, what's your next thing? The show's been off the air for what a year and a half, two years already. Mm-hmm. What have you been working on? What's your path now? Well, my intention is to continue the work. So it's really not so much about platform of television right. itself, which is great. But I say that, but I started a production company with hopefully to create more content for other shows as well as my own, because I know what I can do on that platform. I think I can touch more, reach more, and it, it sort of happens in warp speed, if you will. So my end goal is to get back on television, but leading up to that, I'm doing the work. you know. And to me, platforms like this is doing the work. You know, it's just- Me and my six- People watching this you right now? You and all six. Well, after this, it'll be 16. <laughs> well, maybe. So you're 16? Growing. I you're mean, growing. yeah. Maybe maybe 17 if yeah, I'm lucky. I mean, yeah. I mean, the work is the work. You know what I mean? Whatever the platform is, I think we all have the ability to get our voice out there, get our get our perspectives out there, and you can do it grassroots organically, or you can do it massively. The point is, you should just do it. So, like, let's go. Okay. This show is obviously called Habits and Hustle, right? Okay. So I want to hear about your... Your hustle because and your habits because mm-hmm. you're you are that is you in, mm-hmm. in in a in a nutshell. That's why we connect. We're both Fact. we both are work ethic. We hustle. We hustle hard, and it's based on like having specific routines. Like, what is your what's your daily routine? Like, what do you do day to day besides work out with me once in a while? Besides, <laughs> uh, I get up in the morning. I start my mind. I work out my mind, meaning that I literally lay down in bed. I open my eyes. I look at my ceiling. Um, and I just started clearing my head. I think oftentimes what I used to do probably about four years ago, Mm -hmm. I'd lay down in bed and I go grab my phone and I go, go see, uh, I just look Mm -hmm. at my girlfriend, Instagram or my girlfriend, Snapchat. You know what I mean? I, I, girlfriend, my ex, my ex-girlfriend email, I name them women. You know what I mean? Cause you're always looking to see what intrigues you. So I was looking at those things. Mm -hmm. I broke that habit. I made a self to uh, promise to myself and God, you know what? I'm going to stop leaning on this robot and I'm going to focus on myself and my being and start my morning clear. So now I get up, I mean, I, I wake up, put my eyes to the ceiling and I clear my mind. Once my mind is clear, that means no thought. That just means just be, right, while I'm awake. Not meditation? It, it's meditation. It's a form of meditation. Okay. Absolutely. Um, and then from there I get up. I well, how long my, do you do that for? Not long. Eight minutes, 10 minutes, you know, just kind of get ready, you know, um, without pounding into my mind. I want control. I don't want whatever else is going around me to control. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I think I feel with a clearer, a clearer mind, I can get a lot more done. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. So after that, get up, get on my knees, say my prayers, jump in the shower, brush my teeth, get ready, throw on my gym clothes, go to the gym. Nine times out of 10, everything I do overlaps. So you know this from us being friends and former part and business partners. If I'm going to the gym, there's a great chance I'm going with a friend that I'm probably doing business with. Absolutely, That's just my DNA. It's That's also multitasking at its finest, 1, right? Thousand. Why wouldn't you do that? One thousand percent. So if I can have a dialogue with someone who can give me some level of growth mm-hmm. in my year and my life while we're lifting. Why not? Right. And it's also a strength point for you, right? Because people see you like that. If you're doing business with somebody else and they're bringing what they're bringing to the table, you're bringing what you're bringing to the table. Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. And it's a great way to kind of connect to somebody without like having a meal all the time, going for dinner, going for breakfast. Right. You know, and that's how I feel, how you really kind of build true, real interpersonal uh, relationship with somebody when you're doing something you're experiencing something 1000 percent. that know? that to me that's my boardroom yeah absolutely. you know what i mean me too i, I agree. get you as well so i get in the morning i go i have a meeting in my boardroom maybe two meetings 
and then I get home and I shower change. I'm on the phone with my manager. I put a call into uh, my agent. Um, You're brilliant just, at that, I'm working. though. I'm just working. Sorry. In what regard? What do you mean? You're brilliant at that because I mean, like, I've known you for a few, how many years now have I known you for a few, three, four? Four years. A yeah. long time. Yeah. And it's, it's true because I know you're working on a deal based on like what you're doing at the gym, right? Because mm -hmm. I, you know, we work out together or mm -hmm. I work at the same place. And so I see you like how it kind of like revolves a bit. Like you're with one person for a while. Mm -hmm. And then like eventually after a bit of time, like that kind of just you know, kind of just like dis dissipates a bit. Mm -hmm. And then you're with someone else a lot for a while. Mm -hmm. And it becomes like, I see, and I'm like, based on your routine at the gym, right. I know what you're working on professionally. Based on my routine <laughs> or my association? No, association. Not the routine, you're right. Not the physical, not what you're actually doing gym-wise, like physically, but like who you're spending your time with at the gym. Interesting. You know? Because we have a friend Who's now... Who's on the board meeting with me. Yeah, right. Because like for a while there, you were working with one guy mm -hmm. who I become now very friendly with. You were with him day in, day out, day mm -hmm. in, day out. Still am. I st and you're still with him. It's mm -hmm. been a while now. Like mm -hmm. that's been... And then you kind of pepper in a couple others and then like I figure out like as watching you like, all right, he's working or, or, on... Or they pepper me in. Or they pepper... Oftentimes I get a call and say, hey, I really want to work out right. with you. So I make time and I steal from... Amaze Wednesday. And I'll put Chris in there with me. <laughs> That's right. Chris wants to talk shop and also get ready for a show. Are you working with Chris? It. I mean, I, I don't work with anyone. I well, work, I, I work out with my friends. Yes. So I don't. I don't necessarily work with anyone, and don't. They won't tell you that. They'll say, "Oh, Donvet works me out all the time," and I don't. We work out together. Yeah, you do. Meanwhile, but, we're in a board meeting. Right, exactly. But I'm saying, yeah, no, no, exactly. That's saying like Hame is a great example because I, obviously you guys are friends, but like there is like there's a. It, it crosses over a yeah. lot, like personal and professional cross over a lot. And you're friends, but you also work out together. Sure. You guys are working on work business together. So I always think that's a really good thing to mention. And it's a good life hack in general. Is that, you know, you try to like multitask and, you know, kind of make sure everything you're doing is productive in the day because we only have a certain amount of hours. So why not compound two things? You know, you and I are going to work out all the time. We might as well make that productive on the other end as well. I think, I think it also you should say though that, you have to make sure that one, one thing doesn't suffer. You know, right. oftentimes when you are in a meeting and the meeting becomes more important than the workout, then your workout will suffer. Right? Absolutely. I'm so not good at really that. You are. To, yeah, well, you have to really work on making sure that you dedicate time and you focus with the present, meaning that you are queen of multitasking, right? You do a lot of different things at one time, but it something will suffer because you're doing a lot of oh, things at one time. Absolutely true. I try to, if I'm doing two things at one time, have my board meeting and working out. Okay, shut up with the words. Let's focus on the movement. All right, enough of that movement. Let's get back to the words. And I categorize those things as opposed to... Flow? Is that, you don't flow? It's not more like, hey, we're doing a bicep curl. Anyway, what I was saying about how much money I want to make, blah, blah, blah. No, How'd because something's going to suffer. You go, you compart so you go back and forth. Yeah. I, I, I give everything its proper attention. Right? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been, I'm not saying I haven't done a leg press and made a point while I'm doing the leg yeah, press. Of course. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not saying that, but I'm saying when it's time to chat in the board meeting and bring up a point or, and, or learn something, nine times out of 10, I'm attentive to that. Yeah. I like That's that. a valid point. Good. Got it. It's retained. Let's get back to the movement. Yeah. Because I will give 30% of the movement because my mind, and I've seen you do this a lot, is racing about the point. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and so it's just something that I advise you guys not to do if you're going to do the multitask thing that we do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're good at that, though. I'm not. I mean, I think you're right. Like, I think that, like... Something will all. I think if you multitask too much and like try to do too many things, right. then of course you're gonna things are gonna suffer, and that's why I try now. To be honest, I actually more observe you doing what you do mm. and work it on my own because I know I get distracted easily. Like when you and I would work out together mm. all the time, what would happen? You would talk, and I would get mad at you. Exactly. Because so you, would, you would want to talk more than move. Like yeah, that's enough. But what about what? Why we're really here? Absolutely. If that's the case, let's work out. And then an hour later, go have the proper meeting. But unfortunately, within the proper meeting, be it a lunch, and we're going, right. going to get a salad at 
if I can say their name, sweet greens, sweet greens or yeah, something, or tender greens, uh, whatever it is, it, 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 here comes the crossover now. The crossover is personal life on top of work. So it's never a true, you know what I mean? I know. So I think you're at your best, truthfully, when you're by yourself. At the gym, you mean? At the gym. Yeah, me too. Doing your thing. Absolutely. And I, and I can tell the difference between focused you and unfocused you. Absolutely. But because this podcast is about you and okay. not me, um, you can interview me afterwards. Though, which I'd be happy to. <laughs> if I got some job. material for you guys. <laughs> oh, does he ever. Um, so now I'm like, you've, you've kind of... Flustered. Yeah, flustered me. No. Um, what are some other, so you basically, you said you pray every day. I do. So are you a religious man? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Religious, spiritual. You know, I think, um. Did you do pray before you eat? I pray before I eat every meal because I'm grateful for the food that's in front of me. Um, I pray for my loved ones. I pray for my, myself and my growth. I pray for that relationship. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I, listen, if, if I was born in India, I'd probably be. A Hindu version of Dalvet, you know what I mean? If I was born in, you know, I, I would probably be a monk or be, but I would still be me, but because of my region and or bring upbringing, I'd be a different version, right? Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Absolutely. I'm Christian. That's the way I was raised. That's my, my background. But the point is, I don't necessarily believe that one religion trumps the other and or better than the other. I do believe there's one God, one being, one, one hierarchy, if you will, and they Every religion agrees with that. I agree with that. Right, to yeah, some degree. 100%. Right? So uh, I judge a man, not his God. I judge the behavior of someone, not necessarily their belief system. Teach his own. That. But I, I, you know, I, have my, I need that relationship. A relationship is very important for me to do. It's part of my DNA. You know, oftentimes people take care of their body. They work out. Some people very intelligently take care of their business. They're very successful. Not oftentimes do people deal with their spiritual health. And to me, in terms of being well-rounded, I need that piece. Absolutely. Well, I think there's also people are becoming more cognizant of how important that is, right? It's not about just to be well or wellness. What is wellness, right? People say it's not just what you eat. It's not exercise and just diet. There's a lot of other components that come into play. It's also what, what you eat has a lot to do with what you absorb, right? Right. Well, yeah. Like what you absorb and what you absorb. And what you absorb. Right. All those things are uh, uh, embodiment of who you become and who you are. That's right. So what right? else do you think involves? So you think it's a okay, so expand on that. You think what else, what else is wellness to you then? Spiritually being connected? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I speak on this and I, you know, writing my second book, I speak on the five components of health. Okay. Right. And oftentimes, to your point, when we started this, when people see me, they think, oh, wow, you're a trainer. You must be in good shape. So people automatically associate health with, phys- with the physical. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got great abs, great arms. You're very strong. I know someone who was very strong, but unfortunately committed suicide. So exterior-wise, they were strong, but internally, they were weak mm-hmm. and broken down and frail. The five components of health are physical health, mental spiritual, emotional, and social. Those five components, if you spend a little bit of time on each one of those components every single day, you will find you'll be exactly what I described as aligned and have certain clarity. The film is gone. The, the, the cloudiness is gone. You're much more clear. You're a better version because I look at it how you look at a star, right? Those five points are five pieces on a star. Mine, for example, may be physical and emotional. My stars are always pointing to my best north, right? The best version of me. That means those other stars are at the bottom, right? They're, they may be suffering you a little points, bit. You mean points, you mean? Points meaning that are, if those five points I mentioned mm-hmm. are representative in your mind as a star, mm-hmm. right? And you see those five points. If my two points that I'm constantly working on, be it my physical and my, let's say, mental, mm-hmm then the other points will suffer. Mm. I have to turn that star so that those that are on the bottom in my day, in just a day, become what I focus on and become what's on the top, right? Point being, people spend so much time through creatures of habit focusing on the same thing over and over, daily and daily, and that's all they are, as opposed to looking at where, where are my weaker points? 
Where, where are the points on me that I really don't spend a lot of time on? I'm going to spend an hour on it today, two hours, whatever it might be. And you start to notice that the more repetitions you do, the stronger you get. See, this is the stuff I love about you. That's a great, and the way you described that was amazing. And I love the way you just broke it down into those five, physical, emotional, spiritual, mental, mental, and social. And social. Absolutely. And the thing is that people keep on saying, well, it's now about having, it's not just eat, eat, it's not just nutrition and exercise, but it's also about hydration and this. But they're missing like very fundamental core things, like the overall, the, the over, those are just tactical things that you can do to kind of be overall well. But the way you just broke it down, again, was really, really good. And to, that, to your point about being a creature of habit, I think I'm a creature of habit. A lot of people I know are where you constantly, people just, human nature, tend to do what they're really good at. Right. And then they forego all the stuff that they're really bad at. But how do you get somebody, me included, to focus on those things? Because it's very easy just to be like, oh, no, no, not today, I'll do it tomorrow, right? When you're not good at it, you know, like exercise is the same thing, right? You do the same exercises over and over again, right? How do you open your mind and say, okay, I'm really good with the emotional, like, I'm really good with the emotional stuff and mm-hmm. I'm really good with the physical. How do I get better at spiritual? How do I get better at mental? Is there like a I, way I, to do it? I think there is a way. And, and one of the ways you can do, I think association is elevation. Who I associate with will take my mind into a better space. If I'm associating with the same group of people, that are in the same thought pattern of me, then I'll continue to do the same thing. You know, you're, you are a reflection of the five people that you spend the most time with. Right. I just wrote a whole column on that. Right? Absolutely. And if it's the same people doing the same thing and having the same conversation, if those people are thought-provoking, ambitious, well-rounded people, Keep those people in your life. Right, absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. If you're the only one like that in your group of five, you better find another four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, I agree. And so association is one way to, to uh, uh, work on the weakness. Another way is, is to be aware and to be self-aware of it, right? You, you know, you and I, for example, we live in a life of, coaching individuals and taking them to the next level, how much do we coach ourselves? How much do we tell? We tell other people all the time, focus on your weaknesses, come on, you can do it, be stronger. But what's our level of authenticity when we say that? Absolutely true. Right? If you and I pay attention to our weaknesses and we make it a daily thing to, to work on, those weaknesses become smaller and smaller and smaller as opposed to I'm just going to give my best self, mm-hmm. right? Um, so true. You, you just have to spend time on the things that you're aware of. I don't care who I talk to in this world, be it someone who's either obese or never worked out in their life or someone who has done 12 fitness shows. Both of those extreme examples, they know the difference between right and wrong. They know what to eat. And whatnot. They just do. And they'll tell you, oh, seriously, is fried chicken that bad for me? And they know in the back of my mind, I know it's bad for me. I just want you to say it. I just want you to say mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. That was a food pot. I just want That's you to okay. say it. I'll forgive. Right? Um, but you know the difference. And we all know the difference is my point. Like, if you know the difference, then work on what you know. I don't have to tell you right and wrong. You know. I know. But to get people, like, I think motivation is very... Um, short-lived. I think people can be motivated at one, at a, at a, for a certain finite period of time and then it wanes like everything else. So like just going on those five pillars that you just said, and I'd be like, okay, you know what? I'm really bad at the spiritual. I'm going to really try tomorrow. And then you try and then eventually it wanes, mm-hmm. right? So that's why I think it's really important to kind of build in your schedule, like, like time, like rich where, where you actually are like committed for a certain period of time. And then you, at, at, so small periods of time. So like tomorrow I'll do it for five minutes and the next minute. It's like it's built into your schedule, like brushing your teeth or taking a shower where it's less, um, I don't know, where, where people will, will be less likely to stop doing it, right? Because I feel like what people want to know here is takeaways. Like how could they get better at that stuff? The most prepared individuals are people that write things down 
or right journaling they journal or they plan, plan. right if you plan some for example you want to be in the best shape of your life you have to plan your your uh, right your diet right you right not to, just like to, throw shit at the just wall and hope that it works right. you have to be very precise if you want to run a successful business you have to see the PL. you have to know what's going on behind the the, the, the customer service, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Right. There, there's a lot of backdoor things that you have to be aware of. That said, um, the same thing applies in the self-development space of you as a being, right? You, have, you can't just hope that you have a spiritual connection, but if you say you're going to try, you then have to surround yourself with people that are already doing it. Right. You have to start and begin to read on what it means to you. Involve yourself in the idea that you want to work on that pillar. Right. Or like, yeah, basically like put yourself in situations where you're going to win, not fail by surrounding yourself with people. 1000%. I knew nothing about the tech world. Nothing. Through a friend inviting me to a multi-athlete visit for businesses that all these athletes could actually invest in. Do I know these friends? Um... Do you know uh, Ryan Neese? You mentioned him a million times. Has to a me. company called Next Play. Yes, you told me about Former that. football player. His dad is Ronnie, Ronnie Lott, the right. famous defensive lineman, Ronnie Lott. Ryan said to me and maybe 20 or 30 other guys, why don't you guys come to me? I have a day that I set aside for to go to uh, uh, several different businesses Hyperloop, Snapchat, Riot Games. We're all on a bus, and we went on a tour, if you will, at all these locations. Not only can we be educated about the business, but potentially invest in it. We take our money, we invest in his company, and then he, because he has a relationship, distributes accordingly, and we can watch it grow, right? On that day, I met Hamei Watt at his firm. That's how you met That's how I met Hamei. And I was so impressed by him because... Only, now, just the way he spoke, he knew what he was speaking on. He's been in the business for years, um, you know, multiple degrees, super intelligent guy. Uh, but he said, I believe wellness is where is the next big thing, mm-hmm. right? I think that's going to be the thing that everyone's going to have their eye on, have their, and they, mark my words. And my eyes just went, boom, my energy went straight to him. Like, are you serious? You're, you're speaking my language. Right. Literally sent him an email. We were working out together in the gym, and we haven't stopped since. That was four years ago, three years ago. Now, the point is this. I know more about the tech world mm-hmm. and his world, something I knew nothing about. And the only reason I know it is because I committed to it. I dove into it. Right. I wanted to learn. You immersed yourself in an area by surrounding yourself with somebody who was better than you or knew, and, and knew, had more information and knowledge than you that you well, can learn from. Yeah, not necessarily better than me, but greater than what better. he did. <laughs> I, I wanted to know I'm a what he knew. No, 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 it's fine. I understand what you're saying. But I wanted to know what he knew. Right. And I didn't know. So I wanted to say, okay, Adolphe, this is your weakness right now, right? I used to do upper body all the time. It wasn't until I started doing legs, something I hated doing, mm-hmm. that my legs became stronger and it helped my upper body. Does it make sense? Absolutely, it makes sense. So that was my lower body weakness, knowing his world and the investment world and what does that mean. So he and I, through association, became friends and I, I feel good about that. You know? And yeah. I think the same thing has to apply when you be it spiritual weakness, be it emotional weakness, be it social weakness. Whatever your category of health that you need to sharpen, then you have to apply yourself into that space. When you actually stay social, um, your pillars, uh, when, what do you mean by emotional and social? The emotional health part is key. I think there's a lot of, again, it goes, it overlaps into mental health. There's a lot of mental weakness out there. I think emotionally people can be irrational. I think emotionally people can be uh, one-sided. Um, um, I think when you're emotionally healthy, that means 
you tend to not use as much judgment, even though I think we all have prejudice and judgments mm -hmm. to a degree, but I think you tend to be more open-minded and willingness to listen to someone's story versus holding on, on to your own hang-ups mm -hmm. and your own, you know what I mean? Yeah, I Even understand. before they talk, like, no, you're wrong. Well, I haven't even said my, no, but you're wrong because you're not speaking from what I know. I think an emotionally healthy individual tends to have more clarity in their ears, mm, okay. not necessarily their eyes. That's first and foremost. The other thing, the social piece, social health, who you associate with determines <laughs> how far you get in life. Absolutely. You yes. know what I just mean? Just finish saying that, yeah. That, that to me is key. Like it's all those touch points that I said between the examples mm -hmm. of Hame and meeting Ryan Neese and you know, How about me? You met me. Me meeting you. I, I <laughs> purposely, <laughs> you know, if I'm the smartest guy in the room, I'm going to leave the room. Mm -hmm. Period. Absolutely. You know I what am, I mean? Yeah. Um, or not smartest guy. Was I the biggest, no, biggest said, no, elephant uh, in the room? If I'm the biggest no, no, whatever, whatever no, that I expression agree. You wanna, is. You don't want to be the weakest link. In it. And I say that all the time, too. You and I have, very sim we have, a, we have a very similar mindset in these mm. ways, and that's why we, probably, we, we get along so well. But it's true. I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I don't want to be the weak. I, I, I want to be the weakest link, not the strongest link. I want to so be. You don't want to be the weakest. You do want to be the weakest. So, sorry, that's what I meant. I meant I do not. I I want to be not do. I want to be the weakest link. I want to surround myself all the time with people who are smarter than me, more successful than me. So I feel like that's energy that it it, it elevates you, right? It, it gives you like it, it. It makes me feel like I can. I can. I, I don't want to play down. I want to play up. Right. You know, right. and that's, you know, you say it, of course, as you always do much more eloquently than I do, no, no, yeah, I but it's the same messaging, you know, yeah. like, so when you say you don't want to be the smartest person in the room, neither do I. And I think a good thing is a good takeaway is people should always try to elevate up, level up. That's like a big tagline right, right now, level right. up. But level up with the, with the person that's willing to have something to offer. Right. People who are. Meaning that. I think people abuse the word level up. The, the term they do. Level That's up. why I didn't like meaning to use that, it. But meaning that, no, 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 no. I think it needs to be said that just because you want to be better, make sure you have something to offer in the betterment of that circle. Mm, exactly. Right? That's just don't be a taker. Absolutely. Just not. don't, you know, I'm around all y'all so y'all can make me better and I can be better. Well, what are you offering us? But there right. has to be an exchange of energy and an exchange of uh, um, offering. Versus just taking. So I think that has to be said. That means to me, mm -hmm. then if I don't know anything about the tech world and I don't know anything about the VC world, the next time I talk to him, I better have something provocative to ask because I've done some sort of research about it. Mm -hmm. Or I may have some questions that, you know, and, or I may be able to provide something now because now I'm offering within the level up conversation. Oh, absolutely. Right? I agree with that. So I, what I meant and what I mean is, to your point, of you are the five, I think the other thing was you are the five people you surround yourself with, right? Yes. You become that. So in order to always grow and elevate yourself, it's important to have the people around you that you respect and admire. So and vice versa. And vice versa, right? So it's when I'm saying leveling up, I'm saying being around people who are smarter and who have so they have things to, they're more successful or whatever there is that I want to, um, I want to kind of, uh, learn from mm -hmm. or, or, or kind of get gain knowledge from, yes, of course it has to be a back and forth, but I think a good, a, a, just a, a good kind of takeaway or a good thing to kind of be cognizant of is to surround yourself with people that you, like you really kind of respect and look up to. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Which is association is elevation. Yes, which is, again, how he has his lingo is down pat, association, <laughs> elevation. I don't have that. Maybe you can teach me afterwards. Um, you know, it's interesting because based on, I think, your experiences, I mean, just based on who you are and, like, how what you provide, I think that, like, life has kind of, so many things have happened to you that I think are just, like, extraordinary. Mm -hmm. You know, like, every time I talk to you, it's like, I did this. Can you... Can you share that story about Obama? I think it was so amazing. Remember I called you afterwards? Yeah. I'm like, I can't believe it. It's such an amazing story. And like, I'm not surprised because it's who you are. You always seem to put yourself in these situations where things, ex like, things extra extraordinary happen to you because of who you are. So I'm going to give you the, the platform. 
I was in a very unique situation where I was asked to be a keynote motivational speaker for CRT. CRT is the Cardiovascular Research Technology Group. Imagine a bunch of doctors, medical doctors, surgeons, nurses doing their annual meet and greet in a hotel. I'm saying probably 7,000 of them just taking over this hotel in D.C. And I was asked to do it probably six months prior. I said yes. It was on March 4th. I said, okay, I'll come in. Um, how much are you paying? What is yeah, it? Exactly. Right? How I much said exactly? yes, right? And I, and I did it, and it was great. You know, and after the speech, they asked me to sit on the panel, and the panel was behind me the entire speech, and they asked me to sit on the panel and answer questions from the audience. Now, I was way out swinging my coverage in terms of just the 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 audio, the the panel itself. Where, you know, this this guy was a surgeon for thirty years, and it was it was just great just to be around them. So. When they answer their questions, and I was asked a question, uh, one of the questions that were asked of me, I actually has have made it my life mission to do and pursue. I won't get into that, but I will say this: um, there's a gentleman who leads the the questionnaire and the thing, and he said to me, um, uh, "Dalvet, are you staying to meet President Barack Obama tomorrow?" I'm, you know, he said to me. I'm interviewing in a fireside chat, uh, former President Barack Obama. What are some of the questions you, I should ask him? I was like, oh, I didn't even know that. Um, ask him what's next, and also ask him what's his talent. I always like to know what's people's talent. He said, those are pretty good. He said, you're going to stay, right? This is after you know, we were done. I was like, no, I actually had no intention to stay. You know, I'm already packed, and I'm, I'm actually going to leave here in a couple hours. He said, oh, okay, whatever. His assistant overheard me and said, Dalvet, why don't you stay? We would love for you to stay. I'm freaking out. I'm like, wait a second. I get to stay after doing this speech. I, I get to meet President Barack Obama. What? I'm, and so I get on the phone and I call my son. And I'm like, Isaiah, listen, not for nothing. I got a chance to, oh, Deb, tomorrow's your birthday. And it just clicked on me that it was his birthday. And I was like, I can't go. I just, I mean, probably it's your 21st birthday. I'm not going. He said, Pops, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You have to go. Say that. Nah, I can't go. So I hung up the phone with him. I said to the assistant, I'll say, look, thank you for the invitation. It sounds amazing, but it's my son's 21st birthday tomorrow, and I know you guys are, I, I just can't do that. She said, why don't we fly him out? We'll fly him out, first class, put him on a plane, put you... Matter of fact, this is Love Claude, it. who's the GM, great, big fan, whatever, da-da-da-da. I said, what kind of stupid name is Claude? He said, what kind of stupid name is Dalvet? And we just <laughs> immediately just started chirping. And he said, you know what? Put him in the ghost suite. The ghost suite ended up being the presidential suite. Isaiah flew in. They put us up at the suite, took care of us all day. That night, there was 30 VIP. They walked us to the front of the line, Isaiah and I, we were looking like, who are these two guys? Walked in on his birthday, met the president of the United States, former president Barack Obama. I said to him, you know, what's funny about me being here. The last time I was here, I trained your wife on the show, uh, The Biggest Loser. He was like, I thought I recognized you. And we hugged it out. And I said, that's not important. What's really important is this is my son. Today's his 21st birthday and he's here with you. So that, to me, was a cool moment. I loved it. Isaiah was all cheese, oh. all, like, he, he, he was great. But I think the, the gift that I gave him when we came home was even better than that, which was great. But the gift that you gave him when you came home? I didn't know that any of that was going to happen. I didn't know that. So what'd you get him? They'd ask oh. me to yeah, yeah, stay yeah. No, and do the oh. So what I did was, as, as a gift to him for his birthday, I reached out to 20 men in my life. That was the other 20, 20 guys that... I've, some I've talked about today and others I haven't, who inspired me and I hopefully have inspired. And I asked them, if you were 21 years old, what advice would you want to hear? Please give that advice to Isaiah. So they put together a minute and a half, two minute video as a gift to him. And I was the 21st voice. I comprised it, edited it, 
and gave it to him two nights later after meeting Barack Obama. I love these stories. I gave him that as a gift, and his entire face was wet. Like, he was in tears. He was, you know, and the, the tangible stuff. You know, I mean, some things are tangible. Like, I, he could get cars. He could do all that stuff. But the type of stuff that I hope one day he gives to his son or he now refers back to as he's still trying to figure out at 21, going on 22, who am I, what am I going to do? He can refer to some of those, that counsel. I love that. Those are two, like, I love, I love that whole story yeah. from, like, the, of, of course, the Obama part and like, how you ended it with the twin, how he got the other thing. I think it's amazing. That's why I wanted you to share it. Um, what would you say, okay, first of all, what would you say is your, your big breakthrough moment in your life that made you kind of do what you do? And it doesn't have to be, so I'm not talking about biggest loser because I don't think that, I think that made you more recognizable and known, but I don't think that was your breakthrough moment personally for who you are. But maybe it was. I think one of my breakthrough moments was probably when I was adopted. And my, my adopted parents who were in their, <laughs> in their way extremely harsh physically, mentally. I think when I was very, very, very afraid of my father, because what he said went in his house, and their rules were extreme, and they were very like hands-on in, in that kind of a way, when I just approached him and said, I'm going to do this, like the confidence and the fear that it took to get over to do that and to say that to him, and then on top of that, here's a man I revere, like I was afraid of, give him a hug, I think that was changing for me. That, in that moment, I knew there was nothing I couldn't do. Because I faced, at that time, what was one of the scariest things. And I actually refer to that in my head when I'm about to do something scary because I'm a bit of a, a daredevil and a risk taker. I, I gravitate to stuff like that on purpose. I think back, if you can approach this dude, you can do anything. Really? Yeah. So you always think, think about that before you do anything? Before you... Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I use, it, I use ever, it as a thing. You right. know what I mean? Like nothing's ever going to be as scary as that. Right. And if I, can, if I can survive, I always joke, if I can survive Teresa and Bill, I could, do, I could survive anything. There's no, no weapon formed against me. Wow. Yeah. And then what would you tell... So what was your advice that you gave your 21-year-old boy, Isaiah? Um, be a man of integrity. Say what he means, mean what he says. Um, be fearless, be kind, and a whole bunch of other stuff. But that, no, but those are good, though. Yeah, those I mean, are good. Yeah, it's more, yeah. Now, so is there anything particular that you are working on right now, hmm. though, that, that you can share with everybody besides, well, actually, Under Armour stuff? Or? Yeah, Under Armour is great. It's a great relationship. Um, I'm excited to do what we're about to do, things that are coming up. Listen, those guys have um, really figured out how to put themselves in front again. And they will, they will continue to do so. I think this, this year, people are going to be surprised at the quality and the level of where we're going as, as, a, as a company um, under armor. Um, again, starting my own production company. So I'm writing and doing shows. Um, Is this the one that you were um, telling me about? Yep. And you could talk about that or no? Uh, yeah, I mean, we could talk about it to a degree. Like, I'm, I'm literally in the middle of negotiating a deal with another major network. Could be mm -hmm. the same one, could be another one. I'm, I'm in the middle of right now negotiating what that is going to be and all the particulars on that. Um, I have a deal with a pharma company that's going to help some people around the nation that I'm very excited to get started working on. I actually get started working on that at the end of this month. More of that will come out as it comes out. Well, I think um, that's it. That's, that's it? it. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so now I'm just like okay, so here's some like just fun little stuff. Okay, like yeah. because we gotta go with the biggest loser because because we have to because right? we have because we have because it's only right. It's only we have to. I mean, here you are. I mean, it's like an ample opportunity. I can't like I can't let it go without asking you. Is there any kind of I don't know good juicy bat like, kind of behind the scenes stuff that you can share? With us, that happens. Like, how is it really? Ha like, what happens on like a show like that, mm. like a weight loss show? Like, do you know people? <laughs> were you wearing a bud in your ear? Give me some like bat. Like, give me some like behind the scenes stuff where people can be like, oh, I didn't know that happens. Um, never had a never had anything in my ear. So everything that you saw was me. Everything you saw, I think, with all of the coaches, where their original voice okay. was their own self. Uh, I will say, a lot of people don't know, but. 
Biggest Loser has a higher percentage of people hooking up than The Bachelor. No. Fact. It's a fact. Really? That is a thousand. I mean, do the research. You've never stats. told me that. This really? Is, that's a fact. Yeah. I mean, you got to think about it, though. Well, you're sequestered for how long are they sequestered? Six months sometimes <gasps> at a time. Well, four months and then go home for a month. and da, da, da. You know what I mean? But that's a long period of time with no television. No cell phone. No television either. I guess that's no true. No computer. You know what I mean? And if they do, it's for a quick 10 minutes per person and that's it. So what are they supposed to do? If they're not allowed to be on the phone, be on, the, on, on your work computer, out. Work besides out. work out 40 hours, how, many, how much do they working out every day? Well, if you have 24 hours a day and nothing to do and you have this beautiful backdrop, how many times a day and you're competing for a quarter of a million dollars. Right. So how, how many, many hours? How many a day would you work out? I would work out, out constantly. But yeah. So they'll work out for two hours at a time rest for a couple of hours, go back and work out for three hours at a, or two hours at a time. You know, so they'll, they'll put the time in because what else are you going to do? So how many hours a day would you say altogether? Altogether? Eight, maybe nine. So how about injury? Aren't people going to get injured from wor- wor- like working out that many of hours? Of course you're going to get injured because by the way, if you do that for nine hours straight, but the example I just gave you, nine times out of ten, right. you won't get injured if you work out for two hours. You rest for a couple of hours and then you, and mind you, the workout isn't, we're not talking CrossFit intensity we're saying hiking we're saying uh cardio we're saying riding a bike we're saying light weights right well i mean it's not crazy some of them could be crazy i mean how many hours a day were you working out with them because i actually did more time off camera than i did on working on that show and that really wasn't about it, it was it was about being competitive with the other versus the other trainers but it had more so to do with building trust with the contestants Right? Mm, yeah. Because I get that for again, sure. they're secu- they're they're sequestered from their families. They're, right. They're they're more or less on an island. So any sort of anything familiar to make them feel like, okay, I'm not just here by myself and I tried to be that for them. So you would work out how many hours with them of the like eight or nine hours a day that these people are working out? How many of those hours are you working out with them? A couple hours on camera, about three hours off. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. And then do you have other trainers who work there with you or? We did that some seasons, yeah. you know. Because oh, again, different season to season? Yeah, season? season to season it varied because sometimes, you know, uh, we had to push the, you had to do the off-camera work for the brand. Right. right. For Biggest Loser and for NBC. Oh, yeah, yeah, So if yeah. I couldn't be there with the contestants, but then I had to go promote the show, I couldn't be in two places at one time. So do you, do you hire your own trainer or yeah, just Biggest Loser? Yeah, you You could handpick and them. And then Biggest, uh, NBC has to approve them. Put them through a whole background. Training. So is it one trainer that you hire or two trainers? One. Just one? Yeah. Okay. Per season. Per season, mm-hmm. right. Oh, and so we, is it the same guy that we know together? Is it Dario? Yeah, right? Dario okay. did it for me a yeah. couple of seasons, yeah. Um, okay, and then what else back, like what else behind the scenes that besides, we all know they work out 100 hours a day. It's crazy <laughs> amounts of working out. I don't care what you say. It may not be, you know, hit training for nine hours, but it's still moving for a long time with mm. a lot of these people who don't ever move at all. It's a big, it's like zero to 60. And you put anyone in a competitive environment and they're going to give you more than you expect. Always? You think you saw that all the time? Always. You put anyone in a competitive environment, they're going to give you more with they, than, they, than what you expect, comma, and put money at the end of it. So how did you, yeah, I was going to say the money aspect, that's, that for, then you're making it for sure. I agree with that. By the way, if you lose 50 pounds, I'm going to give you $2 million. All 20 of you people. Abs- how, how many hours do you oh, think those uh, people are going to do? Believe me, I, so, I, I agree you know 100%. I mean? But what did you do to motivate them besides that? Because there are there can't be they can't always be you know like go go go. I mean you have dips in it all the time. Mm-hmm. You have dips and it's, it's human nature. So what did you do? What was your like secret sauce? To what? To motivate them to continue to push past their bar- their their barriers, their boundaries, to keep well, going, to be competitive all the time. One of the things that I do and I always start with, especially when I was working on the show, I do this today and I do it, I did it mostly before the show as well. I believe in empowerment. I believe some trainers train in a way that their client will always need them. I train in a way that you don't need me. I want you to be me. Someone who wakes up every morning, says their prayers, eat their vitamins, take care of themselves, and they work out themselves. They take care of themselves, right? Mm-hmm. They're always looking to be better. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I do is I look for moments. 
if I'm training five people and I see a moment from one of them, meaning that, oh, they're in the pocket, mm-hmm. right? They're in that zone. They're in that, oh, and I will stop them and say, you know what, John, stop what you're doing. Do me a favor. Go show Susan how to do that. And the minute I empower John, he's like, you, you want me to go show? Yeah, go show her. Susan is, well, you're my counterpart. I have something to prove, but John is empowered. John is like, I got this. It's no longer someone telling me right, wrong, no, right. I'm the one. I'm mm-hmm. the parent now. I'm not a child anymore. Mm-hmm. And with that empowerment, they take that on and they spill it into their life outside of the show. I encourage them to find someone like they are to do the exact same thing. Go home and be a coach to someone. Be it your wife, be it kids, be it coworkers. You're a leader now. Go lead. And when they lead and they lead with love, the weight doesn't come back on. That's, that's how I do it. That's amazing. So lead with empowerment. That's how you did it. Yeah. You empower them to feel that they can do it and, you sh- and that they are capable of Bel- doing it on their own. Belief is the biggest drug out there. I agree with you. I agree with you. Okay, so give the me the most sought after. And what? And the most sought after. And then give me give me something else, not with that. We're gonna get back to the 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 more gossipy things here for a second. Mm. I want some like behind the scenes stuff. Okay, people are hooking up all the time. Give me one more, one more piece that happens behind the scenes of the biggest loser that maybe it's not publicized. The trainers are very competitive against one another. You know, you mm-hmm. ever been to a gym and you can see the, you can feel the mm-hmm. pettiness in the gym with the trainers? Yes. Same way on Biggest Loser. Nothing different. So how did you work in that environment? Isn't that kind of tough? It's very tough. Tough for a person like me because I actually always hated that environment. So when I opened up my private studios in Atlanta, I hired people to work cohesively, cohesively with one another, one, one another. And if they didn't, they were gone. So when that's my mm-hmm. DNA... It's difficult to walk into an environment where it's a high school type of thing. Right. Yeah. That's a good tidbit because I think people, there are always like rumors and people, that would be something that's assumed, I think, that that would happen, Mm -hmm. but it's never like concrete. Yeah. Yeah. It happened and it happened too often, I felt. Yeah. I I felt, I looked at it more as a distraction than a a benefit because it was. Do you ever talk to Bob Harper, Jillian Michaels or... Jennifer Wiederstrom anymore? Do you yeah. ever, no. Do you ever see them out in like the in like events or fitness or wellness? Not or, anymore. No. Not at all, right? No. All right. Well, that's good. I feel like that's a dead. I'm beating a dead horse now with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Why not though? It's been, right? right. It's been years. Okay. Well, listen. I mean, I think I think I kind of covered everything I can in the last. How long has it been? An hour. Oh, oh my God! What did you say? My, my man's over there. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yes. Hi. Hey. This is really kind of awkward. Why are you saying hello? But this could be because be you serious. talk to them. I wasn't going to break until. This would be a very serious when podcast. When you took the curtain away and this, you said something to them, it mm-hmm. gave me an opportunity to say something. This to him. is a serious podcast right serious, now. Serious, I say. You know, and you're on your best behavior. Normally, he teases me, and oh, it's too easy. you know, this I want, is I want, like I want this to win. I want you to win on this. I so mean, I'm not going to mess with you. Thank you. No, you can mess with me. I want you to be real and authentic. Normally, we have a we 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 kind of go at it like back and forth, and you've been on your best behavior. I'm like kind of like thrown <laughs> off a little bit because you're so pleasant and polite. Like, I'm always pleasant and polite. What do you say? Here you know, we go. No, yeah, uh, I cannot leave the table without <laughs> you bringing this energy right now. No, I mean, you're pleasant and polite. You're always pleasant and polite. But you're sometimes with me, you tease me. It's like a back and forth type of situation. And of you've been so lovely. I mean, it kind of throws me off. I, I feel weird asking you these questions and you're answering me so, so um, nicely and... Politely, and you're, you're gonna actually give the perception that I'm very mean to you. Oh no, you're not mean, but can I, can I tell everyone what my nickname is? Well, tell them. Okay, so Dalvet calls me Laquanda. That's my because if I like <laughs> you, you get a a ratchet name, or I shouldn't say it's a ratchet name. You get a hood name, like it's like that's my hood that name. You're cool, you know what I mean? From the everybody gets a street name. That's my street name. If I like you, like you eventually will get it. It never so, fails. So I don't think you've ever called me Jennifer in like a long time. It's always like Laquanda or J Boogie or I don't really hear J-Dub that. J Dub or it's more like Laquanda. I don't call you Laquanda all the time. Well, most of the time. Okay. Other people, I'll tell. I'll just tell a little funny story. 
you obviously call me Laquanda enough where someone at the gym thought my name was Laquanda. Are you serious? Yes. Ah, someone that's who works funny. at Equinox no, was like, that's, that's Laquanda. Hilarious. And I'm like, who? And I'm like, either like, it's in your name, Laquanda? I'm like, no, it's Jennifer. They thought my name was Laquanda <laughs> because you always called, hey, Laquanda, Laquanda. That's funny, yo. Whenever I walked out of the gym, bye, Laquanda. <laughs> you don't remember, like, all the time. That's funny. Though. Yeah, so, I mean, just to have you know, but, all right. Well, I think this is good. I think, um, you sure? I, I mean, is there anything you want to like, you know, say that you haven't? We talked about your habits a little bit. We talked about your rituals. We talked about your breakthrough moment. We talked about back, you know, backstage, what happens on The Biggest Loser. Um, do you still keep in touch with anybody from The Biggest Loser in terms of like the contestants? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Um, Two of them just got married. Oh, nice. I Are you going- the, I couldn't, they already got married. I couldn't make the wedding. So I FaceTime during the reception ceremony mm. to mom, dad, and that's so and nice. Everybody. It was great. Do you know so what I can't know. believe? Actually, not to cut you off, but mm. I do anyway all the time. It's okay. You know what I just re- like? We spent an hour talking, and I did not even ask you about diets, like the diet trends, fad mm. diets, what you believe about intermittent. You didn't want keto. to talk about that. I didn't want to talk mm. because I feel you're so much more. But I feel like again, it'd be remiss of me not to ask you. Do you follow, I'm just going to ask this right. one question. Do you follow any particular diet or are you just genetically blessed and gifted? Go ahead. Um, I use myself every year as a guinea pig or someone who kind of puts myself through a test. I remember last year was veganism. I was, I was a vegan or vegetarian. I was a vegan for about a little over 30 days. I thought five minutes. Uh, no, it was actually over 30 days wow. and it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. I did it. Some of the benefits were I slept better, I felt better in some regard. Um, I just found myself being hungry all the time and not, and not necessarily, um, filled. Um, so that was good. I, do I attest to any specific diet per se? Um, I, I think I, I think habitually I, I tend to lean towards keto stylistically, although I'll never say I eat that style all the time, but I think habitually I tend to go there. Really? There's an amazing book that I love called Eat Right for Your Blood Type. And my blood type is B positive? B something. Anyway, it leans more towards, maybe I should get with Doc to get my blood to actually know what that is, but I'll, I'll talk to him after this. Okay. Um, it, it, it's, it says uh, that my blood type, what's good for me, and I did a whole DNA test and everything, um, 89 strands, not 23 in me, but the 89 strand mm. a lot. And uh, Mediterranean food is very good for me in terms of digestion and the way I um, process it. So really? that, 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 you know, that Greek, Persian, that mm-hmm. sort of a food, you know what I mean, is really, really, my body responds very well to that. So do you, so what do you think in terms of all the fads and, and trends, though? Do you think it's kind of, what is, like, how does someone take all this information and then, know what's good for them because it's overload, right? Like It's a good a- question. I think you, because we're all individuals, right? I always say we come from two different worlds, two different wombs. That said, I think you need to know what works best for mm-hmm. you. You know, you need to find out, you need to do your blood work. You need to get your test and find out how your body responds for you. Not generally speaking, maybe you're a hybrid of two different styles. Who knows? You know what I mean? You just have to do what's best for you individually. I, I so a la carte. What do you think about intermittent fasting then? I feel like there's been so much research right. about that. And- I, I'm a fan of it. I'm, I'm a fan of it from two different perspectives. I think it works extremely well for men over 35 to 40 years old. Right? Why? Um, because your metabolism slows down. I think it's a good way to spike your metabolism and kind of wake it up, if you will. But how? Um, because you're, not, you're fasting for 16 hours and you're eating in an eight-hour pocket as opposed to waking up first thing in the morning eating, waiting a couple hours and eating, waiting a couple hours and eating. I think that way, that I call it the bodybuilder style of eating, if right. you will, that way is amazing when your metabolism is already fast. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But because you're of age now, you're in your 40s to 50s, if you will, that intermittent fasting I found through research that is done very well for men around that age. Why do I specify men? Is because I feel that women respond differently to intermittent fasting as opposed to uh, how men respond to it. How does women respond then? I find that women tend to respond better in reverse. Really? Meaning that, meaning that um, if men are eating 
let's say their first meal is at one and their last meal is at eight. Follow mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So within that pocket, yeah. I feel that women should do the opposite of that, meaning that they should start their morning off and then and then tape, start off eating and stay within that pocket and then towards the night, don't eat as much. Like taper off. Taper off instead of waiting, 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 waiting. And like we tend to do one o'clock to eight o'clock or one o'clock to nine o'clock mm-hmm. and eat in that pocket. I feel like women should start off eating and then But why? What's the, the reason for um, it? And again, this is only based on conversations and research that I've done with people who said, I hate intermittent fasting right. for practical me. This is experience. why practical experiences. Yeah. And um, I think it has a lot to do with um, center of gravity and how much uh, you hold on to fat-wise and how much I hold on to fat-wise. Don't you think, though, genetics plays a big, big role? A huge part. I mean, in terms huge. of it. I mean, you have like a nine pack when you don't, when you basically lift this pen up and right. put it like that. Right. You know, someone like uh, me, I would have to like basically be so restricted with my diet and like crush every workout. Just, I mean, basically starve myself to keep that. You know, I think there's like... Some, Genetics are a huge right, part, part of it. It's a huge part. And I yeah. think that something should be, I think that people should be very aware of that, right? Like it's, you know, you can't judge yourself based on what someone else, like if you do it with someone else, if you're looking at someone else and they look you know, quote, unquote, the way you want to look at mm. uh, by you just doing what they're doing and just, it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get to that. Like everyone is. That's why different. I said you have to do your own. That, and that's, I'm, I'm just like, I'm like recapping, right? Yeah. It's really important to not compare yourself or judge yourself based on someone else because what's going to be, your genetics are very different than my genetics. And if I do what you do, it won't work for me. If Almost. you do what I do, your, your body will respond differently respond differently it just will yeah you know what i mean and and that's why when people say oh you gotta do keto or you gotta do well that's because it works good for you so of course you're going to tell me i should be jehovah witness of course you're going to say that right (laughs) but what if that's not wasn't that what what if that doesn't work for me No, and and most of the time and that's the thing most of the time it won't work for you i'm just saying most of the time it wouldn't work for you it would work for me if i again uh, i think a lot of it's mentally uh Okay, I'm sorry not to interrupt you again, but I will. Um, I think at the end of the day, though, these are all repackaged diets. They're all within the same vein, like intermittent, all these other mm-hmm. ones. It's about a calorie deficit, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's about, you've got to, in any of the ways, moving more mm-hmm. and consuming less. And that's the end of the day. The sure, only, those are the Those are parts. the basics. Yeah. Those are the basics. Yeah. And then you can figure out like a little, you, you can, that's 90%. And then you can tweak it a little bit here and there. Absolutely. I think though, to answer the question or the, the, the constant question that you always brought up, there's so much information out there. What am I supposed to do? I think you need those categories in order to have someone say, all right, I'm going to try this and see if it works for me. If those categories didn't, didn't exist, you know, it would be the wild, wild west. I think people need to have pockets of understanding on how things work. Mm-hmm. Make yourself your guinea pig. Try it. If your body responds and complements your workout, mm-hmm. be it the deficit or whatever it might be, then that style of diet is good for you. Right. Try it. Diet. I'm not a fan of the word. It is what it is. But, you know, yeah, you need to know something. There has to be some sort of guide. Yeah. I'm, that makes sense. I gotcha. I think, I think that's good. I think I've kind of... Yay. I think we're out of time. How long is it? Like two hours and six minutes now? But um, no, I'm joking. Uh, you're amazing. I Thank love you. you. I love you. And th- I'll see you tomorrow. No, see you tomorrow. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you so much. Dalvet, where can people find you? All of my platform. You can find me at, at Dalvet. Very easy. At Dalvet. That's pretty easy. It's for sure. There's only one me. There's only one Dalvet, and I will attest to that. Although people think... Dr. Abe and I are brothers. But that's oh, yeah, because you guys look identical. All the time. Like, yeah. Tell that. No, it's Abe. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, you guys. Like, I can't tell you apart. It's really it uncanny. All the time. For half this interview, I thought I was talking to Abe. I don't know <laughs> what. Day yeah, one day. <laughs> you you Abe, have one. You Abe just haven't heard it yet. Yeah. I've never heard it yet. You have one. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't think so. I should so. get a Yiddish name. You, I'll, I'll, I'll think of one. And yeah. next time you're on the podcast, I'll give it to you. Because you are coming back, right? If you have me. I'll have you anytime. And if it's okay, I can be a lot meaner next time. I would appreciate that. Done. That's my comfort zone with you. Done. <laughs> okay, bye everyone. Thank you for joining us at Habits and Hustle. And you can find Dolvet at Dolvet.
Bye. Stay black. Keep it real. <laughs>